from the Nifty Radio Recording Studios, high above 107 Columbia Street in the heart of uptown downtown Albany, welcome to this week's edition of the Nifty Practice Tips. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the Nifty Practice Tips. Today, we're going to be discussing a speedy trial issue that period of time from when a case is adjourned or was adjourned in 2019 into 2020. What rules apply? What 3030 rules are applicable? Now, virtually all decisions addressing cases that commenced before the enactment of these new statutes have held that the time before the new statutes were implemented are governed by the statute in effect before January 1st of 2020, CPL 240. Clearly, any adjournment had in 2020 is governed by the new statutes that went into effect on January 1st of 2020. So the open question is how the time is charged when a specific adjournment took place in 2019 to a date in 2020. Now here is a key point to take away from this discussion. While there are different opinions as to whether the new law requires complying to the new readiness statute on January 1st in the middle of an adjournment from 2019 to 2020 for time to be excludable, there is no change in the application of the CPL 3030 subdivision 4 exceptions when calculating chargeable time before, after, and during January 1st of 2020. In the case of People v. Cata, a criminal court Queens County decision from October 1st, the court wrote, when the court adjourned the case on December 17th, it did so pursuant to a valid excludable period under 3034A. Under CPL 3034, before and after January 1st, any valid exclusion would have the effect of tolling the speedy trial clock for the entire length of the adjournment. Now, in the discussion of the effectiveness of a readiness statement in 2019 over into 2020, some courts have held that regardless of the people's readiness under 2040 at the adjournment in 2019, starting on January 1st in 2020, that readiness is void and the people must meet the obligations of CPL 245 in an order to effectively announce their readiness in 2020, and that they must do so starting January 1st. This requires the people to file a valid certificate of compliance and then file a statement or notice of readiness that is examined by the court for its validity. This interpretation automatically places the people in a position of non-readiness on January 1st, regardless of what took place at the previous adjournment. This has not been the prevailing holding in the lower court decisions. But as you will see, as you probably already know, there are a few such decisions and certainly will continue to be argued by the defense. Let's look at the case-specific situations that will help determine to whom time should be charged. Now, initially, if the people request the adjournment in 2019, regardless of whether they have previously announced their readiness, all the time they request will be charged to them. If they have previously announced their readiness, if the court adds additional time, they should only be charged with the time they requested. If they have not announced readiness at any time, they will be charged with the entirety of the adjournment, unless 
there is an applicable 30-30 subdivision for subdivision to make some or all of this time excludable. So readiness is one point to argue, but the 30-30 subdivision for excludable time periods is a second unrelated basis for time to be excluded. When the people announced their readiness on the calendar date in 2019, and the reason for the adjournment is a defense request, your position should be that the entire time of the adjournment is excludable. And there is certainly a very legitimate argument that even if you don't announce your readiness on that date, and it is clearly a defense request, the time is still excludable. Not only because the people have announced their readiness on those dates when they do, but also because the defense requested the adjournment, which under 3034B makes the time excludable. Take a look at the case of People v. Irby, which I'm sure you're familiar with by now, a very excellent decision discussing a number of issues related to the new statutes. Court wrote, the new discovery law designed as it was to be remedial in nature should not be construed as an inescapable trap for the diligent prosecutor who professionally, assiduously, and in good faith attempts to comply with their new and extensive requirements under the discovery statute but through no fault of their own, is unable to comply with every aspect of the automatic discovery rules. Accordingly, the court rejects the defendant's position that absent full compliance with the article's automatic disclosure requirements, the prosecution may not rely on 3034 exclusions. So what is that saying? Basically, it's saying the defense has argued that until the people announce their readiness pursuant to the new rules, they should not be permitted to use the 3030 subdivision for exclusions. That argument is not based on any statutory language, nor is it based on any case law that has previously existed. So you should resist that argument very strenuously. Another case, People v. Otero from November 9th, this is a City Court of Albany decision. The court wrote, despite its appeal, that defense argument, defendant's argument founders on a critical legislative omission None of the extensive 2019 reforms modified the definition of excludable time as it relates to discovery compliance. In fact, the two statutes which directly address the interplay between discovery and speedy trial, CPL 3035 and 245.50, do not mention a word about withholding the 3030 subdivision for exclusions from prosecutors who fail to provide discovery. The implication of this legislative inaction is clear. Prosecutors who do not comply with the discovery can still find refuge in the 3034D or whichever subdivision you're using, exclusion. They can, in other words, still use excludable time even if they did not provide discovery. Now, there are a number of cases, as we said, beside Irby, which support this position. And just a couple of them, case of People v. Neng, N-G-E, a criminal court Kings County case from April, the court held determination of how time is charged for periods prior to 1-120 is governed by the statute in effect at the time. So readiness claimed during those adjournments are determined by speedy trial and discovery statutes in effect at the time the readiness was announced. Another case you're probably familiar with, the Ashkin case from Nassau County in April of this year. When the defense is accountable for an adjournment prior to January 1st, due a date in 2020, the law in effect at the time of the adjournment is applicable to the entire adjournment for speedy trial calculations. 
CPL 245 rules do not apply to a case until the first adjourned date. And still another decision, People v. Purcell from New York County Criminal Court from February of this year. This court finds that the statutory speedy trial clock did not begin to run again on January 1st, 2020 in this case, merely because the people had not complied with their new discovery statutes. Now, as I said before, there are a few cases which do hold differently. And they basically hold that starting January 1st, people aren't ready. Case of People v. Villamar, a New York County criminal court case from September this year. The court held that as of January 1st, 2020, the people's statement of readiness in 2019 were no longer in effect and the time from January 1st on was charged to the people until they were able to file a certificate of compliance with a new statement of readiness. Another case that addresses this comes from the Bronx from March 12th of this year, People v. Freeman. The court held that the people were required to comply with the new obligations for a valid statement of readiness or establish exceptional circumstances which would justify their not being ready for trial. Now note, and this is an important point, the exceptional circumstances the court discusses in this decision is not the exceptional circumstances that you're thinking of under 3034G, which of course is applicable for any adjournment. Rather, it's discussing the exceptional circumstances language in the statute, CPL 245.53, which permits the people to file a valid certificate of compliance, thus filing a valid statement of readiness, despite not having supplied all the discovery when there was an exceptional circumstance. But as you know, on May 8th, the statute was amended and that requirement of exceptional circumstance was in a sense reduced to that of special circumstances. So that a valid statement of readiness can be made without all the discovery being supplied, if people establish special circumstances which prevented them from supplying that discovery. Now, one recent case, which is, I have to say, confusing to say the very least, and which I would think defense attorneys will be citing, is People v. Mashiach, a criminal court Brooklyn decision from October 27th. Now, in this case, the people had requested an adjournment from December 9th to December 20th. So 11 days are clearly chargeable to the people. But then the defense asked the case be put over till the 21st of January. Now the people had previously announced readiness in this case. So all of the case law and all the logic of speedy trial and adjournments and so forth would indicate that since the defense requested the adjournment into January, they should be charged with that time because that went beyond what the people requested while they were in a position of previously announcing their readiness. Yet the defense, despite having requested it, prevailed in this and the court basically held that the people were chargeable with the entire time and did not even address directly that period from December 20th to January 1st. So clearly a very defendant-friendly decision and one that you will need to be aware of and be in a position to argue that it kind of stands by itself out on its own little island and is certainly not the prevailing decisional law, prevailing thought process going through most of the cases addressing this issue. The bottom lines here really are the following. 
the majority of cases and the prevailing logical opinions are that position of the people's statement of readiness at the last adjournment in 2019 under the old law is determinative of the chargeable time for the entire adjournment into 2020. Regardless of the length of the effectiveness of people's statement of readiness in 2019 to the first adjournment in 2020, independent of that, all of the 3030 subdivision for exceptions to the requirement of the people's readiness for time to be excludable has not changed. As written in the Otero decision, CPL 3030.5 and 245.50 do not mention a word about withholding CPL 3030 for exclusions from the prosecutors who failed to provide discovery. The implication of this legislative inaction is clear. Prosecutors who do not comply with discovery can still find refuge in 3030 subdivision 4 exclusions. They can, in other words, still use excludable time even if they do not supply discovery. And the point that we always make, be sure to present all your arguments in your response to motions as to why the time should be excludable to preserve those arguments for the ultimate appeal. Now, folks, be sure to visit the Prosecutor's Encyclopedia for more material on this subject and on all aspects of speedy trial in 2020, along with links to decisions and additional cases. So thanks so much for being with us, and we hope to see you soon again with some more material for our practice in 2020. Take care, everyone. Please allow me to introduce myself I'm a man of wealth and taste